Hi, this is Akshay. And this is Salar. And, and this, this is, is the Missing Pages, Pages Podcast. In this podcast, we will talk about nutrition, plant medicines, biohacking, and meditation. And there we go. We all say page 14 together. Page 14. Page 14. Page 14. <laughs> so you want me to play that Lonely Boy song, whatever it is? Oh, yeah. yes, that was nice. Okay, let me just get my... Okay, so for audience at home, I'm working with a broken clavicle right now. So I'm going to have to adjust the guitar. Thank God you chose this one, because I think I can get to it. Okay. Oh, it's in sort of tune. Make sure I can get to the... Okay, I can get to it. Good. Right. Nothing's going to stop him. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me. Can I sit with you a little while? Well, I bet you I can make you smile with me. Oh, 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 oh. Put your head above my shoulder. Hold you close as the night grows colder. Wouldn't mind growing older with gentlemen this is Todd Battle. Hello hello you see it's so funny because when I was a kid I used to play in a punk band and people thought that my last name was I made up but I didn't that's a real last name <laughs> yeah that's the first thing I hear everybody in the interviews they ask you it was like yeah is it your real name and you're like yep it yeah is. it's real yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah so do you believe that like people um, people's name have something like interference with their destiny well, uh, it was more about what my past is, which is a strange story, my last name. From, from my grandmother's telling of it, um, the battle last name is supposed to be like a pirate last name. 
So if you have a pirate, like a blood would be a pirate last name. So my understanding is that my ancestors were Moors, Spanish Moors. They were pirates. Um, but uh, they decided that they didn't want to just be like attacking the Spanish. They're going to go attack the English too. So they went to England and they, they, they hooked up some white chicks. And because uh, they're all black, right? Yeah. So uh, they hooked up, and some of them got hung for piracy there, but some of them managed to stay and live a life to tell. And so if you're on my Facebook friend, like my last name, Battle, you know, so there's a whole bunch of battle. I'm the only white battle, right? <laughs> Every, all the other battles are black, right? Oh. Yeah, so it's like, oh, what did you do in your ancestry? But actually, I'm fine because they're, they're, I'm actually part of their ancestry instead of the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a pirate. Supposedly, it's a pirate last name. Todd Bada, he's the founder of Revenge Gym. Yes. At the first, when you look at this name, like Revenge, it's like it's it's not really a nice word. No, it's not. But the more you go, you see what this whole thing is about, and then you see yeah. um, dancing on cancer's grave. Yes. And there's a lot of nonprofit yeah. organizations that he's a volunteer and he contribute to the entire idea and like make it better. And his entire life pass, you see that this guy, he's been grinding <laughs> from sitting behind the seat and saying, I might not have the rent for the next month and yeah. I have $17 in my bank account and my car might be my home next yeah. month. And from there to see Jesus just dancing, <laughs> he's the life coach, he's, yeah. he's done so many things. Yeah. He's also a trainer. And um, corporate fitness corporate uh, instructor, fitness instructor, yeah. And in his yeah. gym, it's basically his. And he's singing like a, there's a DJ there. People like going crazy, yeah. sweat puddles, <laughs> and, and everything is just excitement. Yeah. So, yeah. like this whole journey, it's one of those that when I when I like when through this whole like three weeks i was like yeah. i want to talk to him i really want to talk to him this is one of those like i, I really need to see this guy and then my uh, co-host actually he mm. said oh he's leaving to peru soon yeah. we're like what we did not get him in and yeah, like, yeah. And we try like our best to bring him in on top of everything he was the hr of cafe and and we all know the story of cafe and some uh -huh. might not know but he was involved in during, in during like the whole like time and everything and like what, stuff that happened to it, the, the thought process behind these and everything around it. So I'm gonna just give him the ground and uh, please <laughs> go ahead and oh, hear it from your own voice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been a journey of, of, of passion, but a horrible journey of folly and, and disaster on every step of the way. But I wouldn't change it for anything else uh, at the same time. People, if you're especially from Toronto, you'll know about the Notorious Cafe. Yeah. Cafe stands for Cannabis and Fine Edibles. So a lot of times when people will say cafe, they think it's a coffee shop. And it was. Um, but in the store, if you went to the back, there was uh, probably the best selection of cannabis in all of Ontario. And to this day, um, I mean, they're, they're still trying to provide to their customer base. But um, the reason why I don't have a job there any longer is because pretty much because they have um, these big blocks out by the door um, plus my health at the time when I was working at cafe took a turn um, I suffer from sleep apnea and I didn't realize I, I slept I had a problem with sleep apnea 
Um, and uh, I was medicating it with alcohol to fall asleep, and that didn't work either. Um, so I was having a really hard time, and then when everything went to hell uh, with the police breaks um, busting um, the, uh, the party, um, there wasn't any more position for me at, as HR at, at CAFE. And to be honest, I didn't belong in HR. Um, I'm not the type of person that will go over documents of like um, workman's compensation and sexual harassment in the workplace. All that stuff is a busy signal. I need to be physical and I need to be talking with people. Sitting in a, uh, an office space, you know, and you're in HR, you, if you're doing HR for cannabis, you might as well be doing HR for widgets. You might as well be doing HR for tires. There is no difference. I'm no longer around cannabis, the stuff that I am passionate about and my studies any longer. So in a lot of ways, it was a good thing for me to depart, but at the same time, it's bittersweet because I, I really believe in CAFE. I really believe in the products that they're offering. I believe in the people that work there. They're passionate um, to, to everyone from top to bottom. Um, but the problem is, is that the government, of Can especially the Ontario government, is so slow in rolling out proper products that this gray market, it's not even black market, but Grey Market Cafe um, was doing a better job, and they're still doing a better job. So one of the ways of doing a better job, for example, is educating the public, all right? So people will come in, and you're going to get the people that will say, hey, man, I just want to get really, really high. Well, that's easy. But if you got somebody who's coming in because they have, uh, you know, the, the, the first time ever using cannabis, well, you're sure is not going to be giving them some, you know, Bruce Banner that's like 26% uh, THC, you know? Um, so what was happening is, is they were educating the public. They were the ones that brought in these um, safety child lock packaging that oh, the government yeah. doesn't even have. The first time when I saw yes. it, I was like, oh, this is, I, I used to go to like high society. There's yes. a lot of uh, places to get recreational cannabis. But like the, um, the one that I noticed with cafes, like they're doing everything like done, like and in a right way. That's right. They're educating people. They don't give it to people that they don't trust that they That's see right. their mind like go wrong. Like they, all of those, all the people that cashiers that they're working, they're like observing mm -hmm. more than selling, observing like who you are, what kind of person you are. And like, and they make sure that like you are good and explain everything to you. It's like, Hey, this is, this is a child safety package, as right. you said. Yes. And interestingly, actually, friend actually designed the logo for, for oh, all of that. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And um, so the, the whole, I, and the product like variety and yes. it had over hmm. 1,200 five-star reviews on Google. That's right. For it, good reason. For good reasons, exactly. It became so famous so fast <laughs> yes. that I feel the government up on time, well, like in general, oh. they got feared yes that this is the mark they're taking away the market from us maybe maybe it's, maybe it's just my thought it's yeah. all it's also making the government look embarrassed right yeah but the one thing about cafe is they also were so successful that they had the finances to get the higher lawyers and to fight actually the lousy uh uh laws that they had put like oh you know half-assed laws so, and sometimes they would manipulate the laws, and it was really great the way they do this. Now, I'm not talking out of school. This has already been written in Toronto Life, but I, I bear witness to it. Is, for example, um, they couldn't, the police could not bust a place of residence. So, the cafes had somebody actually living there as a resident. Hmm. So, when the cops came in, they would say, well, this is someone's residence. Hmm. Um, so, and then what they would do is they would all light up big joints. Now, what that means is if you're a police officer, you can't have any trace of THC in your system whatsoever. 
So by even breathing in, the clouds of smoke kept them out. So they were like smart all the time. So here's another. So one of the things they did also, this, this is why I love this company so much. And I, even though I don't work there, and you know, I left because I, you know, I wasn't so good. I wasn't like I wasn't well, and I was probably horrible at HR. Um, the, the, one of the things that was so great about them, they, they got their, their, their place was busted, right? And so the cops came and they welded the door shut. And then they, well, the first thing they did was they hired seven black SUVs, yeah. okay? Yeah. Seven black SUVs. And these SUVs pulled up to the front, took all the customers and brought them to the other cafes that were still not busted, right? <laughs> so they drive them to these other cafes in like these five-star black limousines, right? And so that was one of the things they did. Uh, but there was all these like really smart, smart, creative things. And I just love that about the place. It was wily and great. Um, as an HR, one of the things I had to do is I had to hire people to, to join Cafe. And the first thing I would say, because most of them were like 20-year-old kids would show up. And uh, I would say to them, as soon as they sat down, I was, and I'd look at the resume, and I'd be all like, you know, normal looking. And I'd just look up to them and say to them, so why do you want to go to jail? Right? And if the kids didn't flinch, then I knew that this is a kid I could still work with. And, yeah. Yeah. And so they would say, well, I don't want to go to jail. I'm like, well, that's a right answer. Right? You know? But I say, well, how do you feel about going to jail? And then if the kids said, well, I don't really care. Then I'm like, okay. And then I put the check mark. Right? Now, here's the truth. Nobody ever went to jail. Okay, from like none, none of the people that were working in dispensaries ever went to jail. Um, it just it just it would plug plug up the court systems. Plus, there was really powerful lawyers that these kids didn't even have to show up to court. Right, wow. the, the lawyers would show up on their behalf. Right, and so when I was going to the HR you know, documents, I would be putting in things like their resume and their court papers. Right, because <laughs> they get busted. Right. And so what would happen is if they got busted, they would just have to go to the restaurant and wait because often the cops would just throw you out and you'd wait. And as soon as the cops would come, they would literally break down the door like that day and start all over again. They would start stocking the shelves. So if the place got busted at 12 o'clock, by 6 o'clock, it was up and running again. It was up and running. I remember, running. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like a customer just going there. I was like, oh, what happened? Just wait because they'll yeah. be right back in there. Oh, yeah. And, and all my colleagues and everybody that works there, I have the highest regard for. They're the sweetest people. And if you're going to buy your cannabis, I don't give a crap what the government say, buy it from cafe. <laughs> buy it from cafe because they're really fighting for you guys. They're fighting for people. They're the ones that gave us edibles. You know, they, yeah. they're the ones that gave us all these options. The government yeah. wasn't giving us the options. You know, some people just can't smoke. The quality yeah. is great. The consistency oh, yeah. is consistency, great. Yes. They, they, they do the packaging right. They right. don't waste plastic. It's environment friendly. Yeah. Right. It, like, they, they care. Yeah. And like, and you see that like um, ideology in like mm-hmm. the conservative minds of like, oh, uh, these are all potheads. No, these no. are actually the smartest yes. people that like they come together and then using these uh, the, like the cannabis substance for to improve their life. That's right. To heal themselves. Yes. Yeah. From the trauma that they had in the past. Yeah. Everybody does that. I think we gotta stop apologizing for our use of cannabis. Exactly. I think everybody needs to just make that a note. So when people will say, "Oh, you pothead," call them out on it. Call yeah. them out on it right away, because this cannabis. I've taken a lot of pharmaceuticals with my depression over the years. 
I've taken adamant, Paxil, Zoloft, uh, Prophenazine, uh, Lithium. It goes on and on. Rivitrol, all run over. They never help me. The only thing that's in my medicine cabinet right now is vitamins. And the only, any kind of drug I take is cannabis. That's it. And I'm 49 years old and I do not have any other arthritis problems. I don't have any heart medications. I have nothing. I exercise every day and I smoke cannabis and I get clarity of thought. I write down my plan of action for the day and I get at it. And it's because of cannabis. So when we have this culture where we think we're all a bunch of burnouts and that the whole 420 thing, man, the 420 thing was the worst thing that can happen to advocacy for cannabis. It's the worst thing, you know? It shows another side that, that it's like yes. it's not true. Well, think mm. of it this way. You know, you have a wine sommelier and you have a trailer park, uh, you have a, a, a tailgate party. They're both alcohol, right? Yeah. Yeah. A sommelier is someone who's been studying, the, you know, the, the different flavors of some part, in, you know, in, in Paris of, of certain grapes. And they they got this palette and they, everybody takes it very seriously. And these people are paid $200,000 a year for this thing. But alcohol can also be the tailgate party where people are drinking Bud Lights and, and getting into fights. Okay. So why do we need to do that with cannabis? There's people that take cannabis for a purpose, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they know it very well. So, for example... The things that I'm studying right now is terpene profiles. I love terpene profiles. Ter- What is that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So let's Please. let's draw a picture. Okay. So the people at home will probably know what CBD and THC is. So CBD yeah. is generally the stuff for pain medication, right? It's it, it's a, a, anti-inflammatory. Um, it doesn't have any psychotropics. All right. And that's the kind of thing if you want to bring your your grandmother into the fold of cannabis. You probably start her off on CBD, right? Yeah. Especially if she's been against, you know, that marijuana, that yeah. devil's weed, right? <laughs> yeah. Usually when you put a little bit of that on her arthritis, she changes her mind quite quickly about what, how cannabis works. And then you have THC, which is your psychotropics, okay? So that's the one that gives you, you know, the giggles and the high and all that stuff. Now, that's all fine and good. But what the terpenes do, and terpenes are found in all, all kinds of plants, pretty much all plants. The little things that make the flowers smell the way they smell, right? They also was what makes the the cannabis smell the way it smells. But what it also does is it directs how THC is going to work in your system. Okay, so you take THC and you mix it with this particular uh, uh, battery of terpenes that are found in an indica plant, and really the indica and sativa plants. You know, we use those haphazardly in the sense of what well, indica is in the couch and it makes you feel like you're sleepy and then sativas are the ones that make you all happy and energetic. The truth is that after all this growing and crossbreeding and stuff like that, that really doesn't pan out anymore. But what still pans out is the terpene profiles and how they interact and how they actually give you those sensations, whether it be locked in the couch or feeling energized. So some of them are going to give you euphoria, and that's going to be a terpene profile that'll do that. Um, if you look at Leafly, they just put out this new way of approaching terpenes, um, and they'll show you what the what the what the layout of terpenes are. And I think if if you've been using cannabis for a while and you want to learn more about it and how um, how it works, I think studying terpenes is a good way to go now to, to check that out. Think of it this way: uh, a boat. If you had a boat and the sail was made out of THC, the wind would be the terpenes. Hmm. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. 
That, that's mm. really that's a really good way to picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's your direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you found that there's a strain that you really, really liked, look at the terpene profiles. And if you don't find that strain, find something that's similar. Or even start to like, you know, research um, the strains and, and, and what the profiles were. Because a lot of people will tell you, oh, this one made me feel euphoric. This one made me feel paranoid. This one maybe give me red eyes because there's pros and cons to cannabis, yeah. right? Uh, so I think that I encourage people to really look into the terpenes and to pick the strain that works best for them from there. Oh, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of like a victim of that in the beginning when I started. <laughs> you victim is a good question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because I, I it started, I was like, okay, I have no idea. I got to study about the strains, indica, sativa, da 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 uh, CBD, THC, what are these, right? Yes. The alien names to us Yes. Uh, in the beginning. And then I started trying different strains. I was like, okay, I know I have to try all of them and then find a sweet spot where mm-hmm. it works for me. So it made me like, uh, through this whole path of like finding out like what's going on, it went through of, oh, this, this works, this doesn't work. And then Cafe came in and I was like, these guys give me consistency and yes. the consistency is needed if you want to test something on yourself. Right. And... From there, that point on, I started finding the sweetest spot of micro-using mm-hmm. toward your productivity. Right. Where exactly, I needed it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yes. Because there is... Like, it's so funny because we, we, we think of like when you smoke a joint, it's only one directional and that's to get as high as possible. No. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> some people can have one beer or some people can have a 40 ounce of scotch. There's going to have a totally different effect on you. Right? Mm-hmm. And so the same thing can be said about THC. Another thing is people will, when they look at THC, they're just looking for the highest level. That's not the best way of doing it either because you're going to be missing out on some of the other cannabinoids in it. So for example, your CBD, your CBDN, you know, those, those cannabinoids, they might not get you high, but they're probably going to help you with inflammation, you know, in a different way. And what's also great is if you mix CBD and a THC, you get a synergistic effect. That means the CBD and the THC boosts each other in a positive way. It also counteracts uh, the negative. So for example, you were talking about before the podcast about greening out, taking too much. Oh yeah. Well, if you take CBD, if you're greening out, it will pull back the greening out and you'll mellow out again. So if you ever have a green out problem, take CBD and it'll pull you back. I've also heard of that, that um, peppercorns will help as well, but CBD counteracts it. Oh, that's interesting. Also they say yeah. hibiscus tea also Yeah, helps. really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it almost never happened to me at the point of green out because I don't have that generally in my personality of overdoing something. Yes, I like right. to be in control most of the time. That's right. Yeah. And well, you're also someone who is who's, who's has experience with it. You know, it's yeah. like when you're dopey kid when you're 15, yeah. and the first time you drank like a Mickey and you just had a horrible time. <laughs> well, that's what you're gonna do often with with with, with cannabis for the first time. It's exactly mm-hmm. same as drawing the skills yes I, I, when I first started drawing from stick figures it's like it felt really uncomfortable and like it was like ah there's a people looking ah like it's yeah. like and then eventually you relax and you're like oh okay so this is what I do and then you gain the confidence and the knowledge and your skills and then you from there you when you come back take the control back then you know exactly how this helps you mm-hmm. it's like somebody like a chef gets introduced to an African spice that is he's, uh, from Italy or something, never been introduced to this. Yeah. First, he started like, screwing up, and then eventually he was like, oh, I can use this with this food. 
and a new food start getting invented. That's like right. our body and new behavior start getting invented. Yeah. And then you put that in the habit. Like, okay, when I am down at this time of the day, I can use this amount of those. Yes. And it brings me right back. And I can mm -hmm. start going back to my drawing mm -hmm. and focus on what I wanted to focus and get shit done. That's right. Get yeah. shit done. It's, it's also funny that what you should do is you should cycle your strains. So if you keep using the same strain, say for a month, you're probably not going to get the same effect as when you had it the first time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, well, just this is weak stuff. Well, it's because your cannabinoid receptors are so in tuned to the THC type, the phenotype that you've taken in, that it's gotten used to it. It's got saturated. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you want to try saturating with something else. Oh. And so often, when you the first time you try a strain, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah. then the second time, you're like, well, it wasn't as good as the first time, but it's still pretty good, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. And people forget that cannabis is actually good for meditation. It's really yes. good for oh, yoga yes. and all those physical yeah. exercises where you're, yes. where there's, yeah, where there's body involved. Yeah. yeah. I got a notebook at home I call Ideas. So <laughs> hashtag Ideas, right? So, I, you know, amongst my friends, I would say to them, I'm like, hey, man, I got this high idea I got to tell you about, right? Because it's an idea while I was high. Now, I write it down when I'm high, but I always read it when I'm back to sober again to see if it was a good idea. Because, I mean, I've written <laughs> That's ideas. That's approach. Yeah, because yeah. I've written them down. like, oh, this is, I've actually written, this is a really good idea into the idea. <laughs> and then you right? read it back. Then I read it like, what? Was I high? Oh, yes, of course. You know? The same as they say, oh, when you're high, keep your phone away. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Keep your phone away. Yeah, especially if you're like one of like you and I, where we get creative yeah. and we get yeah. open with our thoughts and, and yep. you know. Yeah, yeah. And it kind yeah, of I could express speech. myself to my friend. They're like, oh, oh that's yeah. A bad idea. Yeah, I got to call him up right now and yeah. this idea. Oh, oh clearly, yeah. people like Trump don't take this advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, don't want to give him credit on this, but anyway, it's yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about revenge. Okay. How did, when did you start? How did it go? Okay. What was your first obstacle? What was the thinking behind revenge? revenge? Yeah. Was it a trauma that happened to you, or yes. like, or something that like over one night that you kind of like jumped out of your seat and be like, I have to start a gym. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, how does this whole thing tell us? Okay. Well, I'll start from the beginning. Start? Yeah, please. I'll be trying to be quick about it. Try to cut some parts out of necessary. Have to. We got time. <laughs> uh, so when I was in high school growing up, I was an art kid. So I used to skip gym class and I would go to more dramatic arts classes, more music classes, more drawing classes and that sort of thing. So it wasn't, it didn't appeal to me whatsoever. Fitness didn't appeal to me. Um, that was for the jocks and God love them. They were my friends too, but I just, that wasn't for me. But the truth is fitness is absolutely for everybody and everybody should find something that they like. If you can find something that you like in fitness, and there's many, many things you can do. So for example, you might like bicycle riding or you might like running through mud. I like running through mud. I'm mm -hmm. just using another example. But how I came across this is when I hit my early 20s, I was hit with pretty bad depression. So bad that um, I was put in the hospital in and out for about three years. And I called them my pajama years because I was in pajamas for most of those three years. And they'd given me all kinds of tranquilizers and they'd given me all kinds of antidepressants and anti-anxiety uh, pills. And they were just uh, a big pocket of pills that lowered uh, my energy and lowered my quick wit. And a lot of things were lost that I never really got back the same way when I had taken those pills. But uh, 
what did I also noticed was that my friends had stopped talking to me like a normal person. Because they didn't really, this is like the early 90s. This doesn't have the awarenesses that CAMH, for example, has put out about you know mental health. And there's far more acceptance to people with mental health. Uh, but it wasn't back then. It wasn't like that. Um, if you were on the fifth floor, there was no visitation, really. There was no one visiting you. Because that's, people don't understand. They think that mental health is some sort of like internal weakness. Um, so I was losing friends. And I decided that... I, I wanted to show people that I was getting better. Now, with mental health, they don't afford you like you do with cancer where your hair grows back and, you know, you, you start to gain weight again by when the chemotherapy works. It doesn't afford you that. So I decided to go to a gym. I joined the YMCA and I started lifting weights. And as I was lifting weights, um, what I didn't know was things like serotonin uptake was getting better. Um, what I didn't know... It was, it was giving me insight to my own health issues. It was giving me perspective. So as I got stronger, it got to the point where my bench press was heavier than my whole entire body. And so that became an analogy of like all the pressures upon me I can defeat, even if it's heavier than me. So it gave me a perspective. So I wound up going to my doctor and I told her about this fitness stuff. And I said, you know, I feel really great. I feel really, really great for the first time. And she said to me, she goes, oh, it sounds like you're having a manic episode about to come on. And she gave me more pills that wrecked my workout. Oh. Yeah. So, um, which year is this? Oh, this is like 91, 92. Okay. So uh, I, was, I was devastated because it was wrecking my workout. And so I just stopped taking the pills altogether. All the pills, Ribotril, all of them. And I, but I, they kept giving me more pills and I just let them stack up. And anyways, what it wound up happening was... Um, my uh there was a neighbor downstairs who was hanging out with my roommates at the time and he took all these pills that i didn't take and he's like oh todd's crazy pills let's take them right well he wound up attacking his girlfriend on the front lawn with a knife after taking those pills so Uh, these are the pharmaceuticals i was given so i never went back to pharmaceuticals ever again um, and I broke up with my psychiatrist who actually I wrote a, or broke up, you know, professionally. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I wasn't dating my psychiatrist. <laughs> I should really clear that up. And uh, those pills are the legal ones. Those are the legal ones. Yeah. yeah those yeah. are the legal ones. Oh. And, and then, so when I joined the gym and I was working out, I started to get this knowledge because I'm, when I get knowledge, when I get excited about something like cannabis, yeah. I really get into it. And so I got really into it. And the next thing you know, I became a personal trainer. And the next thing you know, I was I became a group fitness instructor because that was my favorite thing. And then the next thing you know, I was at York University doing kinesiology. And the next thing you know, I'm at, I'm doing a psychology degree. Yeah. So it all all these things that a guidance counselor said I would never be able to do because I was too crazy. I would never be able to handle it at university. I did. And so revenge gym came out of well, f all of you. <laughs> you know fuck yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what yeah. the logo is pink yeah and so that's why you see revenge gym it says fitness for the kid pick last in gym class because that was me yeah right yeah. and i realized that all these other kids that were picked last in gym class all right needed to go to the gym and find their thing and i was yeah. going to show it to them by having fun so i came up with all these crazy classes that maybe have people f- had fun Right, real fun. Yeah, like you know, people like it shows from the videos, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, it's like those awkward zones that people have." Yeah. It's not happening with top battle. No, no. <laughs> so like people will say, "Oh, let's have fun. We're all gonna get matching headbands." That's not fun. That's headbands. You know, right? <laughs> like real fun. You know, where you have you know this 
these crazy. So, for example, I was teaching this class that I developed. It was called Varsity All Stars, and one of the exercises was called Zombie Croquet. And the idea was, I these things called Lee Bart bars, and they're like these yellow bars that are metal, and they're for doing like um, you can do tricep dips. There's a whole bunch of exercises you can do. But what I did is I set them all up in the gym in a staggered sort of pattern that looks like a croquet set, and then I had people drag their feet on towels that looks like a zombie coming out of the grave. And it's called zombie croquet, right? They're reading it up. It's so hard. It will kill you. So all these exercises were ridiculous, but they were so hard, right? The abs would be shredded after this, after like a couple of trips of zombie croquet, right? So it was all like jokes and just like we had such a blast. We did a spin class to Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they had all the the toast and everything, and I showed the video. Throwing toilet paper. Oh, it was crazy. (laughs) There's this one time we did this one. It was a spin class. It was called Songs You Lost Your Virginity To, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I had had all my, my participants... Write down the song they you know around that time or the song they first fucked you right yeah, yeah. and then we're gonna play in the spin class and then I was gonna read the story about if it was good sex or bad sex you know <laughs> <laughs> so it was always about fun oh man you've been so hidden oh, <laughs> to us at this. I, oh yeah yeah so uh, I came up with all this stuff and I was trying to show people you know just ways of, of approaching health and so the problem that I faced really in hindsight was I spread, I spread the message too, um, too, too messy. So I was talking about fitness, but I had these crazy characters in there, and then I had some music in there, and then I had my cancer charity in there, and I think it really, it really dissolved sort of the focus over the while. And I was so busy trying to be the best at podcasting and video cameras and all this other stuff that I really lost my way in just being an instructor. And so I didn't get the hit. So even some of the stuff, like for example, there's this one video I shot for that charity dance on Cancer's Grave. It um, it has a, a friend of mine. Her, it was it was named after. Uh, it was developed because one of my dear friends passed away from cancer, and her daughter did a dance to this song in memory of her mom. Now there are people opening up boxes for speakers that are getting way more hits than that video to this day. So it has like 190 hits. And yeah. it's, a, it's a really beautiful piece, but it is. I realized maybe I just can't read people in that realm. And so I was doing it for a long time. I did it for 10 years. And then my landlord, uh, he took me to court for running a business. Um, I was allowed to run a business. It's right in my papers. And so I had to, to close Revenge Gym down. Yeah. So I can't and do there, there comes like, like in, in, your, in your life, when I, I was like a setting it, like the extreme names yeah. revenge so we started with revenge yes and now we come to pause pause meditation yeah well yeah because yeah. in hindsight and I, I don't regret closing down revenge gym I'm happy but because that's, that's a chapter that's over in my life and when I look back in reflection the, I, I think about the word revenge and I think it's a powerful word in a negative connotation you should just do things for yourself alright you don't need to get revenge on anybody. You don't have to show people, oh, uh, you you didn't believe in me. Well, now look at me now. It doesn't matter. That's a waste of your energy. All right? It's a waste of energy. Um, another thing is, is, is as I've gotten older, um, and then, though I can teach these classes way better than a lot of people are, I'm still older. I'm 49. And that's a game, classes are a game for 26-year-old girls who, women, sorry, 
wearing Lululemon pants, and and so be it. That's how people are going to hit. That's people want to see that, and I don't begrudge them in any way. So you have to know what your market is. So if there if, if people are going to like choose, and they're good instructors, I just I'm not pretty. So mm -hmm. and that's fine. Like, look. The, the waitresses make more money than waiters, okay? They do. And that's just the way it goes. I'm not fighting any of this stuff. That's a nonsense fight. And I, I don't have any, you know, animosity or anything about that. So I still have the skill set. So now what I'm doing is, as, a, as an elder statesman of, of health, um, I'm, I'm looking more internally. So I'm looking at the consciousness. So, for example, I'm sitting here with you right now, and I'm listening to you, and you're listening to me, and we're we're aware that we're doing this podcast, and these are all stimuluses, right? Yeah, I'm I'm actually being somebody that I am right now because it's, it fits best for a podcast, right? I wouldn't be screaming and jumping around like an idiot right now as I would in my class because it wouldn't be appropriate. So we're all a bunch of stimulus, but with pause, it's about self-reflection. It's about being inside the person. So I think of it sort of like, you know, when you see, um, it was an alien or predator where Sigourney Weaver's driving that... Um, alien. Alien thing. It's like, a, yeah, alien. It's alien? Yeah. 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 Driving that, that, that robot. Yeah. I kind of see myself as the person inside and this whole body's the skin robot. So as we're getting all the stimulus, we're not really taking care of the person that's running the show, that very spirit of who you are. And so by getting into meditation... And by getting into mindful breathing and mindfulness and these exercises that are becoming more and more into the mainstream and, and coupling that with my passion for psychedelics such as uh, uh, psilocybin and DMT and ayahuasca, uh, my new journey is about the self, the person, the, the, the finding the answers within. And I think the answers are within. Can we do one minute meditation right now? Sure. You going to lead it? You're going to lead it. I'm going to lead it. <laughs> Let's just, just do one minute because from okay. revenge, we came to pause. Okay. Might as well be pause. All right. Well, let's try one minute one. Okay. So the first thing I want everybody to do is I want you to be sitting in a place that is comfortable. So make sure that your feet are nice and flat on the floor. Don't let anything bunch up like your shirt or anything sort of like off place. Make sure everything's even and comfortable. And then what I want you to do is just soften your eyes, soften your gaze. And what I'm going to have you do is just breathe in through the nose. And when you're filled up your lungs to its capacity, breathe out through the nose as well. And when you've finished your final breath out, take a nice pull back in through the nose. And draw your awareness to how it feels. How does it feel when it opens up into your chest, and fills into your shoulders, into your neck? And how does it feel when it passes through your nose out, and you feel the intercostal muscles of your ribs contract? You feel the diaphragm drop? And then you breathe back in through the nose, filling in deeply. And then breathe out. And during this time, if your mind should wander off, just draw your attention back into the breath and slowly close your eyes. 
Now draw your attention even more deeply into the sensation of how your body feels. How does your body feel as you're sitting in your position? Explore all the intricacies of how your muscles relax and contract to the pattern of your breathing. And now, allow that breath to flow in its natural pattern, but allow it to fill your lungs. And when you're comfortably come to the top, you breathe out. And again, if your mind should wander off, this is nothing to be worried about, nor should you feel any sensation that you failed, because this is actually part of the practice. The practice of drawing your thoughts away from the outside, bringing it right back to the center of your core, to the center of the sensation of your breath. And now, as you're breathing in, draw your attention to the space around you. Allow yourself to wander through the space, figuring out the dimensions of where the walls are. Listen to any sounds that you hear. Allow yourself to take in all these sounds. Now bring yourself back to your breath. And now, allow your mind to wander off into any thoughts that it might have. And slowly open your eyes. And back to the podcast. So basically, <laughs> yeah. that would be a real tight version of a meditation. So you probably felt some sort of sensation within that time. but I could hear my heartbeat. Yeah. And I was like thinking, oh, I'm alive. Yeah. And I'm also trying to be like cognitive that it is a podcast. So sometimes, you know, the breaks in between the thoughts of breath and stuff are a little longer. But, you know, for those who haven't meditated, basically that's what it should, you know, resemble. Um, there's some really great ones out there. Sam Harris does a really great oh, yeah. version of, yeah. Yeah. of meditation. I highly recommend Sam Harris. Uh, there's an app called Headspace, yep. fantastic app. It'll give you uh, insight to the different types of meditation. So, for example, that I use in my, my meditation class, and this will go into uh, how I, I look at corporate training now. Um, you can guide a meditation for spe uh, specific outcomes. Okay, So, for example... You might be, say you're working on something that you're having trouble, you're getting like box thinking. So you, you, you keep coming back to the same sort of scenarios and you can't seem to, it's like a, almost like a writer's block. But you don't have to be a writer to have a writer's block. You can be an engineer and have an engineer block, okay? You can have a, a CEO block, all right, where things are just not getting clear. So there are ways of 
using the right words and the right patterns and the right suggestion to draw upon that. So for example, if I was to do something about creativity, say about, you know, you're you're a brilliant artist, right? Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like in, I work in the industry with a lot of artists. And right. It's and the what you're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, is corporate stress. Yes. Well, yeah. there's corporate stress. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, remember, we're going back to that whole thing that we're all a bunch of big bags of stimulants, right? Mm -hmm. We're always being stimulated. So and we're always going through these different roles. So if you have kids, you're a dad role. That's a totally different role than an employee role. It's a totally different role than husband role. Okay. These are all roles. And you put them on. But that's not necessarily the true sense of who you are. Of that. that is the most appropriate sense of who you are for that time. But your true sense is the time when you're quiet and you're meditating and you're with yourself. You know? And then we can get into deeper things like say, you know, enhancing with, with, with psychedelics to really like open it up and probably let go of the reins and allow the, the medicine itself to draw you into learning more about the, the self. I'm so happy that you brought this up <laughs> because I was exactly having the, I had these experiences in my drawing skills. Okay. When, when I started doing animation, I, I was like thinking of, oh, anime, animation, I have to mimic an anime style. Mm -hmm. And then I did that. And then eventually I was like, I don't feel comfortable here. And then I was like, oh, realism, I'm going to try this and then try that and don't really feel comfortable. So tried multiple styles, yeah. multiple things, and everybody, all the artists, they go through these, like yes. me, and they just explore different areas, and they don't really feel comfortable. They're just like looking at the at people around them, mm -hmm. and they they reflect like a mirror <laughs> That's on right. the paper, yeah. which That's is right. okay. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah. Completely fine. You're yeah. just like seeking for who you are, and mm -hmm. then eventually you come to yourself. You're like, okay, I have all these things around me that I've tried why isn't it working and then you start sitting asking a question from yourself and that's where the meditation starts yeah. naturally that's right where you feel that like okay i like like shapes like this and i get connected to the stories that is about history let's say like yes. realistic history i don't like fantasy and there you have you start playing with those and then it there comes your style mm -hmm. and like from your heart and it just comes out and you're like okay i feel comfortable with this i'm gonna stick with this right yeah yeah well that's exactly it and you know it, you can draw parallels to a lot of different arts yeah like you know if you look at stand-up comedy mm -hmm. all right so when you first start off maybe you're trying to be like jerry seinfeld Right, or maybe you're trying to be like Andrew Dice Clay, or maybe you're trying to be like you know Louis Louis C.K. Okay, mm -hmm. so you could be trying to do that, mimicking them, how mm -hmm. they deliver it. Right, now it might feel foreign to you, but at least you got you started. You yeah. know, they got you got on the stage there, and you felt like you had something to, to ground you while you're doing stand up comedy. And stand up might be the hardest thing I can imagine anybody to do. Totally, you know. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, and I hear this a lot from comics, is they start off being mimicking what they liked. All right. Yeah. Until they found their own voice. Yeah, it's like you get your head in there, yeah. in that yes. zone, in and, that area. Yeah. And how many comics do we know are meditators? You know, <laughs> so Jerry Seinfeld, Howard Stern, Joe Rogan, all <laughs> heavy-duty meditators. Totally. You know, because you're trying to get to the self. And sometimes the act of working on your skill is also a bit meditative, and yeah. uh, even with drawing, it's it's not even like you have to sit down and meditate sometimes you just 
work on the way you're doing it again yeah. and again and again there's always a personal touch that gets added to your art mm-hmm. if that's the way you draw eyes that will like eventually you do that like 50 times that gets ingrained in your body this right. is how you're drawing eyes yeah. and eventually you will have your own set of drawing everything and that becomes your style it doesn't need to be like you have to slow down and like meditate but i think the process of like drawing those lines and curves mm-hmm. they get embedded in you and that just becomes your style and yes. like that process in itself is like the flow states and all those states are a meditative process yes and yeah. each person yeah. has a different flow right well we can always pick out a gustav klimt and we can always uh, pick out a, a van gogh right yeah. those are two artists that are very distinct yeah and they have a clear cut to what their what their style is yeah. you know and you know a friend of mine today actually actually today <laughs> i was a, i was driving from um taffy toronto animation festival i was okay. volunteering there <laughs> And there's a lot of brilliant artists that come and go. There some work at Disney and like talk and talk. And there's this friend we I talked to after in the car. He was saying, like I never done psychedelics or cannabis or like all that stuff, but I heard it in your podcast. I've been hearing everywhere. There's like movement going on. What does it do? And one of the examples just like came to mind, like to my mind at that time. It just naturally was. I was like, imagine if I'm a tourist, I'm going to a new country. I don't know the roads, and I but I know that I need to be an Uber driver and I need to know the roads. First, I use GPS. Think of psychedelics and all cannabis and all these substances as the GPS for you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then you start using it with doing meditation and all that, and then you start getting to know these roads and the pathways and the hidden ways and all of those. And eventually, as the time goes by, you don't really need them anymore, mm-hmm. and you reduce them out, and then you. Li- but when when you're done, then you have this pathway pathway of, I know how to get there. I don't need to use cannabis anymore. That's mm-hmm. right. That's that's right. Hundred yeah. percent. It's funny because you know when you look at the the drugs, the drugs that I'm into. Um, <laughs> Those drugs are, are are generally not the addictive kind, and they're often not the ones you're using for entertainment. I mean, yes, of course you can take psilocybin or LSD, and that can be quite entertaining. But if you put it in the right setting, it becomes quite therapeutic and revealing, and you have breakthroughs. Extremely powerful. Extremely mm-hmm. powerful. Now, we, they toss this stuff into like the drugs that I like into the drugs that I don't like, like heroin and cocaine oh, yeah. and meth. Now, there is no time where meth gives me would give me a breakthrough, you know. Selling all my stuff and having to be a, a man prostitute is not a breakthrough for having to do meth. But when I take psilocybin and I see those geometric shapes, but then when I take a hero's dose of psilocybin, and suddenly I'm starting to get answers to questions that I'm that are are just coming to me without words. That's that's special to me, and you know I don't care. I don't care if if a government agency wants to toss that into a big pit with all these other horrible things. That's their prerogative, and it's, it's neither here nor there for me. I just won't get, you know, they're not looking for me anyways. You know, they're not looking for some 49-year-old guy who's doing mushrooms at his apartment. They're just not, you know. It's, yeah, it's vindicated. We, we see, like, stuff like these stories, such as yours, mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> And this is why, like, an idea of a podcast starts with, like, 
me and action yeah. we're like we yeah. hear all these great stories yeah. that it helped people right. in their lives and they healed their trauma themselves yeah. and they expose themselves and in the parts of their vulnerabilities they show their vulnerability put it on the table in front of the professionals that they trust mm -hmm. called shamans mm -hmm. and they those people they took care of this jewelry like as a, as a, as a mm -hmm. diamond as of like okay you have shown me trust yes i will respect that and try mm -hmm. to take care of this and bring back this trust in your life that's been the case for me since the very beginning that I started like getting into the community and getting to know people and realize everybody has a good will mm -hmm. almost I, I, I want to say 100% but nothing is 100% right. but let's say 99.9% .9 of the people yeah. that they, they've been in this past they are good hearted people they've uh -huh. been helping people and they are in the path of progress that's right yeah. now the part that it really hits me is the part that they get distracted and they get judged by their friends mm -hmm. and and those judgments are the ones that they bring the trauma in their life and the stress in their life yeah. but when <laughs> like they know better each person know better every single one of us <laughs> we know better what we need mm -hmm. all we need to pause mm -hmm. take it take a, a slow down and then start like looking for those roads that we mislead and like we went in the wrong way and look at the history that we have came uh, from and use that history to find our trauma where was this happened why did this happen and we ask the question of why 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 and get to the root of it and it psychedelics for me at least i don't know for other people but i hear the same story on everyone almost this study of the past and it helped me to realize how i've been behaving mm -hmm. How did I lose my friends, good friends that I needed in my life? How did I, um, how did I get into the path that it made me angry? And then the anger management comes in and then you realize, okay, let's say for, for that period of time, I was a toxic person because of this, 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 and this reason. How can I avoid these reasons in the future in my life? And what are, what are the practices that I can do to overcome the failure of my behavior? Yeah. You drug addict, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listen, listen to you, right? Yeah. Those are all, like, incredibly powerful and, 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 and self-healing and progressive, right? Those yeah. are all yeah. things that... I would only wish for everybody to indulge in, to yeah. have reflection. Like you were saying, yeah. oh, I know, I've lost these friends and I come to quick reactions and stuff like that. Yeah. What can I do about it? So you sit down and you try, you, you take some psilocybin and it, and it yeah. answers these questions and it puts them yeah. out in the past. And then they toss this all in. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, and so, your friends come back. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, it's working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing though. Like when I was in the fitness industry, one of the things I, I noticed is that I would have people that I'd be training and they start losing weight. And they also start losing their friends when they're losing weight. Because their friends were also overweight. <laughs> okay? And so their friends made yeah. felt as if they were abandoning them because they weren't in the pity party of being overweight. Right? And so they would they would they would make fun of them. They'd say, Oh look at you, you gym rat, 
you know, and they they because they wanted to pull. It's like crabs in the bucket, you know. Yeah. The crab doesn't want anybody to escape. You got to be in the bucket with me. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And, yeah. and that's what came with revenge gyms. Because sometimes I would say revenge is the people you love. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes your friends and family don't want you to succeed in that because it's easier for you not to have, have you not succeed than for them to look at their own crap and go, geez, where can I change? What can I do to better myself? So. A lot of times, misery likes company, and that could yeah. be like, how many cheeseburgers are you going to sit down and eat with me? Oh, you're not now because you're on a diet? Well, you're no fun anymore. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes people will pull you back, not for the good reasons, but for their own selfish reasons. And you know? and the loneliness, mm. it like, is the fear yes. that those people that they're in the progress of change, they usually have, and they feel, oh, I'm losing people, but uh-huh. that's okay. Then maybe those people are not the right people for you. Maybe even like in my case, which was like really extreme, I left my dad behind because he was a very toxic human being and he was bringing everybody around him down, which he did over years and years and years. It comes to a point you ask yourself, I should, I love him, but he has to leave. Like it's, Mm. it's something that like, it's damaging the family. It's damaging like everybody's success when one person... And you, you try to bring it back, which we all do for mm-hmm. our friends and family. We try to bring this person back into the right path. But if somebody doesn't want to, if somebody's uh, pretending to sleep, you cannot wake them up. Yeah. Mm. And you can love somebody who's toxic, but you don't have to poison yourself with them. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So, for example, like with your, your dad, let's just say, you yeah. know, um, say he talks cruel things to you. So you can just say, I, I'm not taking this. This, this tongue with me anymore until you change it then I'm just I'm going to go sit over here and I don't need to listen to you do this anymore and so instead of embracing it or, or fighting back because fighting back is what a lot of people want you yeah. to do in the first place mm. right so you can have to- toxic people in your life and still love them but you have to protect yourself and I find that when you're meditating when you're getting into the self you get those tools mm-hmm. yeah and you never had this kind of a breakthrough with alcohol or <laughs> any other thing. Oh, alcohol, tobacco. It's usually what yeah. causes the problems yeah. in the first place, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, you just brought just, the right stuff. Yeah. Like, well, they do that. They compare they alcohol do. with weed yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, so yeah. Stop it. Funny. It's yeah. really different. It's yeah. different. There was this one day. I This is the, exactly the right time for this story. Making sure, making sure. There was this friend of mine. One day she calls me and then she's like, I'm not doing well. It's 3 p.m. Can you please come over? And she's having um, some stress from another person. Okay. I go there and I know exactly what she needs and grab my sativa and like grab like all the things and like pack it. My charge, uh, my vape is charged. Everything is great. I'm like, okay, this is the amount. This is what she needs and all that. Because I, at that point, I was very experienced with this. So this is what she needs. And they go in and without even she tells me anything of like, I need whatever. Never done cannabis ever in her life. And she's very aggressive about this ideas. I'm like, oh, the first thing I see is a bottle of Crown Royal whiskey. Of course. And it's 3 p.m. In the, in, in the afternoon. And this bottle is maybe there's one shot at the end of it. Uh, immediately I ask. Did you just drink this since morning? Answer is yes. She's crying. Her eyes are red, mm-hmm. crazy. And, and I was like, okay. 
don't do this and just and at that point just like I smoked this and she's like no I don't want to smoke cannabis <laughs> leave me alone what is this and you pothead so mm-hmm. on and so forth I told you here to help me and then it start crying comes to the point of she has to surrender because nothing clearly didn't work and that's what I tell her as well I was like hey clearly this didn't work so try something new mm-hmm. straight up she's a person of logic and she's like okay let's do it within just half an hour <laughs> literally half an hour his her mood is back and right. i'm not even saying anything i'm just like sitting there waiting for her to like talk to me because it was a stressful situation i didn't want to push anything or change her mood i wasn't even pushing i was just sitting there waiting for the cannabis to work basically right and she is so she was like i feel better I can I can talk now, yeah. and I was like, yeah. okay, let's talk now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it, I, by the end of the, the the evening, she was like really freshened up and everything, and right. so it was this. It was like a sativa slash like a little bit of hybrid, okay. but it was it had more sativa in it. So I was like, okay, you you need some sleep. This probably will like help you to sleep like a baby, mm-hmm. and yeah, don't worry about it. Just I'm gonna go like, goodbye and yeah. left. <laughs> and day after she texts me, she was like, "Thank you so much. I Aww. really <laughs> needed that." Nice. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, don't yeah. drink alcohol." <laughs> now, now remember for the kids at home, don't mix alcohol with cannabis no. unless you have some really solid experience. Sort of like the same experience that I don't recommend people do edibles until they've had enough experience with cannabis and the reason why is that is alcohol will only amplify cannabis the THC in a, in a not a positive way mm-hmm. um, I've had green note sessions as a, as a as a novice with cannabis because I had drank with it so I can really pop it up so be careful mm-hmm. with that um, there's also some other things that can pop it up so I believe like things like orange juice for example sometimes it can pop up medication and it has the same effect with THC so it synergizes with it so Amplifies. Mm. Careful. So much yeah. for that. <laughs> that's, that's a really good advice. Like some people don't know it, yeah. and it's like it's really. Um, back to the corporate stress that you were talking oh, about. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, so how does those sessions work? Like how if like um, mm-hmm. what is corporate stress? Like where does it come from? And you were talking okay. about framing the the mind that is framed and like. Yeah. So what does those mean? Like how does the person like how does this person like get framed? Okay. Like, Okay, so let's say if I was going to put together a corporate version of it, all right? Yeah, yeah. Let's do an example. Yeah, yeah. so the first thing I'd probably take, unfortunately, would be the cannabis, because a lot of times I use cannabis in the, in my pause program. And, you know, if you take the word pause, it doesn't mean stop. It just means stay still, all right? Um, so if you push pause on a, on a tape deck, the tape deck is still under tension. Um, so that's the way I kind of look at pause. So if I was to do a pause program for corporate, I would think of a couple of things that would do it. So a lot of times, if I was, so let's take the physical side of it first, because there's a physical side to pause class as there is a, um, a meditative side. So the physical side would be looking at what hurts at the office. And it's the things that you do day to day, carpal tunnel syndrome, it's the, it's the sitting in bad chairs, it's the standing on your feet all day, those kind of things. So. What I would do for part of the program, and it wouldn't be at the beginning like this, but I would probably have myofascial release where I would use therapy balls on your feet and your lower back and around the neck area because a lot of times we sh- when we get stressed, we shrug up our shoulders and it causes knots. A lot of times, um, the, the, the pains that you feel in your back is just because of stress. 
It's because you're knotting up, you're flexing. Um, what the therapy balls will often do is it'll tell you what's going to happen if you don't take care of it. So sometimes I have people, they put the ball in their leg and they don't feel any pain there at the beginning, but as soon as they put the ball in there, suddenly it hurts like crazy. And it's like, well, that's going to be something that's going to affect you in six months from now if you don't take care of it. That's the, the pain before the pain. So when you put that ball in there and you start working around and pulling out and breaking down that tissue to release its energy, then that can happen. I would also, um, for example, if I was to start a pause class for a corporate, I would start off with mindful breathing. So very similar to what we did with the uh, breathing in the uh, beginning of that of the meditation that we did. I would do something similar to that, but really focus in on how the breathing works, diaphragmic breathing, pattern breathing, but I would also bring in super joints. Super joints is like uh, different exercises. It was developed by this uh, Russian, uh, I think it was a physiologist. Um, he's, he's pretty famous. I can't mm -hmm. remember his name because it's in Russian. I'm horrible at that. Pavel. What was that? Pavel Tatsuin. Mm, maybe. Uh, okay. I'd have to see. Yeah, that's but, right. But what happens is there's different exercises for joints. Yeah. Because what happens is um, we're always putting our joints in one direction all the time. By manipulating and getting things warmed up, we're going to prevent that happening. So in the corporate world, you need to be prepared for the everyday strains and stress. So it's different from say, okay, I'm gonna go on a, light, on a long run. So when you go on a long run, you usually stretch out your quadriceps and you do the, you know, you toe yeah. up and you, yeah. and you squat down, and that's to warm you up to do a run. Well, that's totally different in the work world, right? You're gonna be standing on your feet all day. You're gonna be sitting in this chair. You're gonna be, you know, stressed out. So there's that. Also, I would put meditation in there, of course, because meditation, what that will do is, as we've been talking about, and we don't need to belabor, but you know, it brings you back to the center. Um, if it was a nighttime one, I would probably put progressive muscle relaxation. And if anybody wants to try this out, it's very simple, but it's very, very effective. And I learned this technique while I was in the hospital. So what would happen is I would come in as a day patient. So once I left as a, as a you know, a patient patient where they lock me well they literally lock me up right in the mental health ward so they took away my clothes and i wasn't allowed to leave so when i was allowed to leave i would be on a day thing and then oh, one man. of the things we would do is progressive muscle relaxation so basically you would take your hand let's say if you're doing your hand you focus all your tension and you flex it as hard as possible and you breathe in you flex and you flex and you Think about every muscle that's not turned on, and you turn it on. So you think about your thumb. Is that all turned on? Nope, it's not. So turn it on. Is it wrist? Is it, is it going up into my forearm? It's up in my forearm. Now it's in my bicep and my tricep. Now I'm flexing, breathing in, breathing in, breathing in, and now I'm going to relax and breathe out. And I'm going to maximally relax. I'm going to allow everything to open up, and I'm going to breathe out. And I'm going to draw awareness to that energy, that heat that's coming off the palm of my hand. You're probably feeling it. Oh, yeah. And you're probably feeling yeah. that energy coming through the fingers? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, that's just the start. Now, if you did 15 minutes of that, where you, not just the hand, but you start off with your feet, draw all your attention to your feet all the way up, and you went to these sequences of muscles, flexing and then relaxing, paying more attention, of course, to the relaxing part, you will sleep like a baby. Okay? <laughs> you will be so at peace. Okay? And then we end the whole entire class with some gratitude and focus. And then they leave. And then the next day is the key. It's the next day that the benefit comes. 
It's the next day they suddenly have like clarity of thought and, and new perspectives and opening up new creativity. And they call me up the next day and they're like, oh, this happened and this happened and I, you know, all those things. I'm like, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. There's no drugs involved. No. It's just a simple yeah. practice. Yes. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm putting practices in that happened for millennia. This has been going on forever. Yeah. People have yeah. been meditating forever. This is yeah. not thing, I'm not creating anything that, that hasn't already been proven over and over again. And I also tie this into setting. So I make sure you're in a place that I make it look like Narnia. So I put all kinds of beautiful projections throughout the place of candles and mermaids or whatever it is that will really affect this 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 setting. Yeah, and you had the same logo in your in one of your uh, YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. With uh, you were doing a podcast with this lady. Yes, uh, and that's then right. the, the not logo, but like the the animation comes in, like the hand oh, comes yeah. in, and like it's, it's <laughs> a fist, and it opens up, yeah, yeah. and then the name comes yeah, on, the, right. on the, uh, yeah, yeah. the arm. And, the, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's that's oh, actually a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's my. That. It's really smart. Yeah. yeah, that was my hand. I took pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> I took the pictures of it. Uh, it just reminded me making that all over again. God, that was so long ago. It's yeah, it was yeah. really yeah. fun thing to the see. Yeah. So where did, where did you learn this? Like when where, where did you read about oh, it? Oh, you really want to know this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is where the podcast goes really crazy. Oh my. <laughs> okay. Alright, guys, here we go. So entering uh, the crazy. I was teaching these classes. Of course, they were like insane. And one of the people that would show up was a director. Uh, she was a, 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 a producer and a director. And she goes, hey, have you ever been in a film before? And I'm like, I've acted and stuff. Yeah, was, you yeah. know, whatever. She goes, would you be interested in, in, in doing something with Carmen Electra's Naked Women's Wrestling League? And I'm like, oh, yeah, those videos. Yeah, I'm like, of course. Like, I'm a warm-blooded heterosexual male. Of course. I'm just like, Why are you even asking that question? Why didn't you just sign me up? Like, you should have just said, oh, by the way, you have it. You know, like, that's ridiculous. It's so much fun. Yeah. So I went in and I played a couple of characters on that show. But I was also the trainer of all the naked wrestlers, all these women wrestlers. So my business card was like, people were like, people were asking me for my business cards just so they could show their friends that someone would actually have this job, right? So I was a trainer of Carmen Lecter's Naked Women's Wrestling League. Now the issue is, and if you've been in film industry, uh, once the wrestling thing wasn't going on, we weren't practicing anymore, we weren't training anymore, there was like six or seven months of, of production. Okay, so editing and getting the word out and doing promotion and all that kind of stuff. So they wouldn't need me. Well, I needed to keep a job. So what I did was I learned how to do film editing and I learned how to do graphics. Like um, I was doing Flash at the time, action script and that kind of stuff. Um, and so a lot of the animations that were in NWWL, I made all those, most of those animations that you see in the show. And I just learned After Effects. Uh, so I could do that. I learned WordPress because of that. I learned Joomla because of that. Um, some of the um, some other CMS programming I would learn from that. No wonder cafe people found you. They're like, oh, this guy like gets his hands on everything. <laughs> okay. and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like, oh, we need them. I'll take out anything. Yeah, you yeah. Look at a lot of perspective. So yeah. all the editing yeah. and all those graphic yeah. stuff is because of the the naked wrestling. Yeah, you always look at the whole picture. Yeah, you yeah. you had to. Yeah, because yeah. there wasn't many of us there, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're the camera operator, but you you also have to do other things if you were you wanted to keep your job, right? That's the way it works. So I learned all my skills of, of media, audio and video and all that stuff from the wrestling league. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And where does the hand come in? 
I made that because I needed a lower third, and I just came yeah. up with that idea yeah. of oh. a lower third. Yeah. And then what I could do with that lower third was I would I made the animation to go like this, like to go out, and then I just held a, a paused version of my hand, yeah, and then I made a, a, a reverse version of it. So if I needed the title to be longer, I had three pieces. Yeah. So one was the hand coming out, one was the hand sitting still, and then one was the hand coming back in again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I shot that a long time ago. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, um, there are ways that people can find themselves and uh, the <laughs> process of like the past, the past of like um, you know they they in a spiritual world they call it channeling, and in my world like when I mix it with a little bit of like my view and artistic view it's like there's a past and there's a journey that like artists usually go to find their find their style and their interest same goes when when you go into a, let's say a psychedelic journey or a meditation journey mm-hmm. where you start looking around at these passes and there are tools there that like people usually use now or maybe maybe they're not maybe that's actually my question where <laughs> what are these tools are are they any tools are there any way that um it worked for you and you heard that it works for a lot of people to find their past and their trauma passion. and passion and mm-hmm. everything that they're looking for like what are the mindsets of like to have when they go about these things? What are the behaviors that they should get rid of? Okay, well, you know, I can only speak from my own paths. And, you know, I'm flawed. You know, I'm flawed in many ways. Maybe not deliberately flawed. I mean, I always had my best intentions there. And I think if you go in with your best intentions and stay open to to it, the path kind of comes to you that, that's built for you, built mm-hmm. individually for you. So, do I take psilocybin? Do I take cannabis? Absolutely, 100%. That's my tool. Some people, they like doing things like cryogenic chamber, like, uh, you know, cryogenic, uh, you know, cold um, baths and stuff like that. And they, they, they get a release from that. And that's their path. Or they might go into um, a, a, a deprivation tank. You yeah. Know? Right. There's many ways to get there. Maybe just meditation. Or it could be drawing. You know, it could be coloring books for that matter. But all I can say is, for my own thing, I'll say this is what my journey is. These are the tools that I'm using. If you want to use these tools, then these tools would be good for you. But these are not the only tools that are going to work because they work for me. There's probably tools that I'm not interested in. So, for example, I try not to shit on other people's passions, even if I think they're ridiculous. Right? Or... That's a strong word. Let's just say... But that's that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so astrology. I'm not a big fan yeah. of astrology. You know, people say, well, what's your sign? I'm like, it just doesn't say... It just doesn't work with my understanding of things. Yeah, like it doesn't sing to me. It doesn't sing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. And But if that is for you, if being a Leo and everything Leo really speaks to you and then, and then when you read that horoscope in the morning and you're like, God damn it, that's exactly what I'm going to do today. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's fine. If you think there's magic in different types of quartz and, and, and jade and that works for you, that doesn't, that fine. Because I come from a science background where the, 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 uh, the, the, the placebo effect is big time, has to be measured. And the placebo effect we don't know what that is still. 
mm-hmm. and it works all the time. If I really believe, and it and, and and it doesn't matter if it's if people think it's true or not, but if I say rubbing these strings on my guitar cured my cancer and my cancer is gone, then then that's that's fine. You know, if it works, if it, it works. If it works, it yeah. works. Yeah. Now, am I going to go tell people to rub my strings to the guitar if they have cancer? Well, that'd be you know horribly a bad idea. But the placebo effect is strong, right? Mm-hmm. So if I take that side of it. And it's not my place to shit on anybody's beliefs, whether it be their love of astrology or whether it be their love of, of, of a religion there, you know, being a Catholic or whatever it is. And that's where the idea of freedom comes yeah, in. Exactly. And you're like, hey, like this, let, let people think yeah. for themselves. You don't need yeah. to right. put like any ideas on any rules or laws or things. Right. Well, yeah, there are things to bring a society in balance, but at the right. same time, it's if you give the power to think and they can think best for themselves right. as long as things are working for them if they're not working yeah, for them it's not because yes. also they gotta be open there's yeah. crutches right <laughs> to change yeah. well especially in these times because yeah. especially in politics we are getting such pa- like polarization oh, right. it's, <laughs> shit. it's all fighting it's all fighting it's not working together and, for a same goal uh, it's fighting, fighting against fighting, each other fighting and they're Distraction. all Oh my God! The 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 look. I I have a left bent on things because of, you know like I really believe in equality for everybody. I really want everybody to have a chance at everything, mm-hmm. right? But holy cow! On on the side of 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 whatever progressive that I am, God, they can be a bunch of assholes. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and the tent is getting smaller and smaller all the time. These social justice warriors are really kicking the shit out of some of my belief systems. Because they're such dicks about it. They're going to be making this into a pup tent. I was reading the other day that uh, Obama, President Obama, and I don't, it's not going to get into politics, don't worry about that. But President Obama said, you know, we're really getting a little hard on each other. You know, we can lay off on calling each other out in this cancel culture. And then there was a bunch of people like, whoa, look at this old guy, look at this boomer. No, no, your tent is getting smaller. The people that that were on your side you're throwing out so now uh, president obama is wearing a red you know make america great again hat now because he, he gave one speech and that's where it's going to you know yeah, yeah. well it's like at, at the same time when we look at this whole idea is um people around us they are the reflection of our behavior mm-hmm. and the reflection of our actions and the reflection of the society and we, mm-hmm. us as a society we are all one everything that uh, i do yes. it reflects the person beside me in the bus so on and so forth and all these presidents they came out from like our society so when you look at meditation and the relevance of the politics and all mm-hmm. of that to ourselves then you realize if i want to make a change I cannot make a change. I might make a very small change by voting, yeah. but the same puppet comes back. So in order to make a real change, I have to make that real change from inside That's right. myself first. And once I'm healed, then I move to my loved ones. And once they're healed, you move to the community, which I think a lot of people, they go through their entire lifetime and they still need healing for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not something that it takes like a day or Five I'm going to take this mushroom trip and tomorrow I'm going to be great. No, it's well, not like that ever. It, this really goes back to what you were just, you were saying <laughs> like 10 minutes ago, 20 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> and that you were taking responsibilities for, you were, you were taking responsibilities for your own behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you were thinking about your friends 
how you lost friends and stuff like that. And you know, exactly what you just said is what's key. And that is, you can fix yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can fix yourself, then go with everybody else. Yeah. So you won't be able to fix your, thank you, you won't be able to fix the way that you, with your friends, if you remain the same way you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you stayed that same person, the same bullshit would was, was continue to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But here you are, you took some self-reflection, and now you're there. Donald Trump, for example, is a perfect example of people who don't take self-reflection in any form whatsoever. <laughs> no, he's, he's complete, like his narcissism has gotten to the point where he actually doesn't have that tool that, that normal people have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, again, like people like him, it creates that other side of the pendulum That's right. where people like Action and I, we feel the emergence that we need to start moving um, more than mm-hmm. our nine to five jobs. Yeah. We right. need to start mm-hmm. something. And there are, it's not just us. The more that we go around and we talk to more people, we realize a lot of people are moving. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are a lot of people yeah. are moving because they feel the emergence of yeah. the climate change. The, That's the, right. Everything yeah. is moving. And as long as things are moving toward that direction, then when the entire society starts like waking up, yeah. mm-hmm. then things get better. It's funny because right now we're going through a big global upheaval. Yeah. yeah. Like everywhere. Yeah. So if you see what's going on in Chile, if you see what's going on in Hong Kong right now, like that's yeah. what is it, three months now of that of that protest that's going on in Hong Kong? Yeah. And it, it's it's nationwide. There's one that's going on in Iraq right now. Yeah. Okay. They're going on everywhere. And then you have like Greta Thornsburg who's who's every Friday brings climate you know, the the problems of climate on a Friday to all these kids around the world. So it's funny because we look at this as a as tumultuous time, but a lot of times this might be the healing process. It is. Hmm. And you when you, even when you talked about these movements, there is one yeah. that I know and it was really interesting to me. There are all these people from uh, Amazon, Amazon and they, yeah. um, they start like saying, we need to save Amazon people. The corporate doesn't give a fuck. So mm-hmm. we yeah. need to stand up and do it. So there is these... Um, non-profit organizations in like Toronto all over the place they bring different uh, shamans and those are skills uh, people that they they've been practicing a lot of uh, healing techniques in their uh, in Amazon and it works for them and they're bringing it into the uh, western world and the society Mm. into the city into the in where people really need help and they realize that like oh this just works for them they don't need to use any pharmaceutical drugs Mm. like they just need to do this practice that's right yeah Yeah. and then you see that the um, non-profit organizations they bring these shamans in into the city and there are places that you can actually go and you pay that price and then you you, mm-hmm. you start like feeling the uh, healing and it does work and it worked for me work mm-hmm. for actually doesn't we work for a lot of people that we know mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything that like it wouldn't work for you right and um so where am i going with this uh reason i brought this up is because most of them and most of them i've seen that they use the money to start like making like fences bring more security in the area mm-hmm. so those corporates doesn't cut the trees they protect the amazon mm-hmm. they protect the culture they protect mm-hmm. the people that they can fight back they hire mm-hmm. lawyers mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. use this money to to fight mm-hmm. back on in a very active positive way mm-hmm. for the earth mm-hmm. where things like comes like really come from heart before 
anything, any ideas of religion, science, anything. It's just, we need to, like, keep our planet alive. We need to keep <laughs> this whole right. thing yeah. alive. Yeah. It matters to us what's going on in Amazon. Yeah, Those are does. our lungs. You know, it's so funny because when you have climate change deniers, and, and that's one part of it, but even if you deny climate change, do you really think we should be shitting all over the earth this way? Do you really think it's a good idea that we're crushing the, the, the coral reefs in, yeah. uh, in Australia? Do you think it's a great idea that the, the, the ice caps are melting and they're going to flood all these areas? It's going to happen. Like It is happening slowly, yeah. and like, but surely yeah. we see it in yes. science. Here's yeah. a perfect example. Take a glass full, full of ice, okay? And you'll see what it looks like. And then when it melts... See what how it changes, you know, in size, in size <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Watch what happens. Yeah. That's yeah. what's going to happen to you. Yeah. You know. So cities get flooded yeah. eventually, and yeah. then uh, the the culture, the money, and the only yeah. thing, and the only people that they are going to get hurt is I I believe not really the rich and the corporate. It's mostly like people that they're in the middle class yeah. and yeah. and below that. It's yeah. It's already affecting like. Yeah. There's those coastal areas where they're fishing, they, they, right. they, they don't have enough fish, right. yeah. so and it's the really water's important. polluted and all those things. Yeah. Let me ask you, yeah. do, you, do you remember California burning as much as it does every year? Like, no. like 10 years ago, I don't remember no. disastrous fires every year in California. It's on fire every year. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about these hurricanes, hurricanes. coming in, 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 in fours and fives up the, yeah. the coast every yeah. summer now? Even in Canada, yeah. when you look at the yeah. weather from like yeah. since like nine years ago, yes. I came here nine years yeah. ago, it was really cold in the winter around yeah. this time. That's and right. now it's pretty warm yeah. or like the, the weather is messy. The and like, trees yeah. just turned color yeah. like like two weeks ago. Those yeah. trees used to turn color in September. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's happening. It, yeah. It's a mess. It's like the mess yeah. happens with the climate yeah. change. It doesn't mean that like everything is warmer. It's like the, it, things yes. get messy. Yeah. And that's where you really need to... You're, we are seeing this yeah. and this happens more frequently and the more frequently creates yeah. chaos um the so shamans yes you the amazon shamans yes. all these guys they and it it really fascinates me and yes. it's not just me there's thousands of people get fascinated yes. by their work and their healing powers and all of that and you are going to become one or well, like no, try and get I, on I'm the path find of one. that yeah. yeah find one first oh, yeah. Yeah. and then my, slowly well yeah. I, I want to I want to bring it I want to do my own thing about bringing it to people here yeah. right I'm going to find a, the perfect shaman for this so this is okay. how I'm going to do it the first thing I was my, my plan was uh, when things were okay things like normally in my life had gone to shit in the most colossal and epic and poetic way. So, for example, uh, I've had three of my businesses pretty well torn down or blocked up by the police right? that I worked at. And so the last time when I went to court uh, for my landlord who wanted me to stop running a business in my place and wanted to throw me out, um, I was like, man, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. So I was like, okay, well, I don't like the cold and I'm really into these psychedelic medicines and the perfect place for that is probably Peru or Costa Rica, right? Those those areas there. So I was like, okay, well, I also have this pause thing going on and I really want to explore plant medicines more. Um, but when it comes to shamanism, um, it's, it's you have to give it the same respect as you would if you went to an Indian powwow, right? So I'm not going to put on a headdress and lead the powwow. That would be 
horribly disrespectful in, in so many ways. Um, plus, uh, part of the medicine is, it, like half of the medicine is the person who's administrating it, is the, is the shaman himself. Um, their history, their culture, uh, how they've been part of this for for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? This this culture goes back to the 1400s when, you know, uh, with this plant medicine. So keeping it sensitive to that culture and keeping it sensitive to where it comes from is something that I, I'm going to maintain, you know. But at the same time, um, I would like, of course, like to bring a whole bunch of people to do some stuff in Peru. There's already establishments uh, where they bring a, a whole bunch of, like, you know, wasps <laughs> from here <laughs> and they bring them down to Peru and, you know, whatever. But I, I would like to do something a little bit more in the, in the, in the field of, of a consistency where it's always happening. You know, it's not like, a, oh, the shaman's coming down from December to January. Let's get this all booked up. And then off he goes, right? No, no. I, I'm going to find the right shaman. And the way I'm going to do that is, you know, first thing I'm first is uh, I'm trying to pick up some Spanish. So if you know any Spanish speakers out there that need to practice, I need to practice all the time. And I'm going to get into the culture and, 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 and get the right person and uh, or persons. And uh, I have some plans. I don't want to go into... Uh, some of them because, you know, there's 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 people who probably listen to the podcast that would like to sabotage, you know, that. But so, uh, in time, we'll talk about yeah. that. How, yeah. How we're going to say Yeah. And we know, we yeah. know many, yeah. many people yeah. that they yeah. speak Spanish. And yeah. we know many, many yeah. people that they can help you with the Costa Rica yeah. and like yes. all that trip. Yeah. I cannot wait. Just yeah, see like, you coming back from yeah, that. I know, I know. And then we talk again. And yeah. then it's just like, okay, exactly. what was your experience? How did it change That's you? Right. And all of that. And even yeah. the change, it doesn't re- always need to be like told. You can see the change from people's yeah. activity. Well, the way I looked yeah. at it is, the best way I can put it, you know, because, you know, when you tell people who are especially not part of the psychedelic culture or, or embrace it the way we do in a very uh, serious, and, well, let's just say respectful manner okay mm-hmm. uh, they, they will look at you like as if oh well look at this drug taker right but I want to do ayahuasca and I want to do DMT because I need to talk to God I, I need to have a God experience mm-hmm. um, I've had a lot of turmoil and tension in my life and I don't understand why it comes when I try so hard not to have it come and it just keeps coming so I need to have a direct conversation with some sort of energy, some sort of entity that will tell me it's okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the hmm. best way to put it. You'll get your answers. You'll for sure. sure. You'll, you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. As, as we got it. Yeah. Each person yeah. has their own personal answer. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's, yeah. it's really profound and yeah. it's not comparable with with any of those out of the red zone circle. Like, the red zone circle is the cocaine crystal. Oh, yeah, Those are yeah. a joke. Mm-hmm. Those are jokes. Yeah. They're not healing. It's yeah. stupid. Well, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's the world needs to have a balance of good and bad, yeah. right? Yeah. So, when you look at the dangers of, especially with fentanyl, you know, oh, it's man. so funny that the government has been cracking down on all kinds of things like, like marijuana, when the biggest danger of them all was the pharmaceutical all yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. It's their allies. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, yeah. 
What are the plant medicines that you have taken and practiced? And, so, um, what are your knowledge in them? So far, it's only, uh, you know, the only things that I've done has been psilocybin, cannabis, LS, well, LSD is not a plant medicine, but it's like a, a psychedelic, that's for sure. Um, and, and MDMA, which, I mean, it has components like sassafras, but that's, I wouldn't call that a plant medicine. Um, but I'm very interested, I'm in the process of getting DMT. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I figured out how to make it. Go ahead, try to stop me. You're not going to be able to. <laughs> so yeah, like a 10 year old I'll make DMT you can't stop me mom um, uh, <laughs> and uh, when I get to Peru I will be doing ayahuasca yeah, yeah. The, so you just lined up all these names for yeah. somebody yeah. who yeah. has no idea oh. about yeah. any of these yeah. well, no, we are not going to talk to them let me just like give this so I mean we will we are talking yeah, yeah. to everyone but like well you guys can answer that question better please don't better. freak yeah. out yeah, yeah. yeah. please yeah. don't freak out watch if you just jump in this episode and like you're looking at this you can go from episode one and our episode one starts from spirituality episode two starts from page two it starts from finding meditation yeah and then start yeah. finding your guru and yeah. then it, yeah. it gives you that mindset of like hey look at this yeah. whole idea and different people that they trying to say to try to ground you over multiple pages of our podcast and then eventually you get into cannabis and the harm reduction Mm. and like you don't need to like slow like you need to slowly make your way up it's Mm. not something that like it just like happened over one night i'm like i want to try everything yeah, yeah. don't get excited no, no. Yeah. just chill relax it's not it's, it's okay. an amusement ride yeah. Yeah. it's not it's the not. wonderland it's yeah. not yeah, yeah. And don't, don't take it yeah. a music festival you poor you you get traumatized if you do that yeah. and you hurt yourself yeah well we must stress that um here's a couple of things um just because i want to do it for myself doesn't mean that i would advocate everybody else to do it um because look, I can't guarantee you're not gonna have a bad trip on psilocybin mushrooms. And as a matter of fact, you could have a bad trip, but because you were supposed to have a bad trip, you know, because there is there's a structure, there's a mindset, there's a there's a something that you've gone through that has has blown your 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 experience with psilocybin or any psychotropic that is giving you um, so probably some demons you didn't want to see. You know, but probably had to see. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, "Well, they some of them were recommending." Actually, I'm not recommending it for anybody. Mm. I'm, I'm, I recommend it for myself. And those who are listening and have taken it, I'm sure they're recommending it for themselves or not. But that's what I'm really trying to get at is that this is for your own individual choice. Just because I'm saying that this is going to be great for me, that might not be for you. I, it's even with cannabis. It's something that I've grown to see is is completely like inert doesn't really it doesn't it it doesn't have any hasn't had any negative effects for me i've seen really bad negative effects with cannabis with people Mm -hmm. they green out and they're not having a good time and they're paranoid and they they wish this would never happen they can't wait for the cannabis to wear off yeah, they well they hurt themselves because the idea of greening out comes from like taking way too much way too much like there was this dude like you guys did the call uh uh, and you play this recorded call on your youtube channel oh yeah where like uh, the person says oh how how much did you take like he's talking to 911 and he's like i don't know half an ounce (laughs) what yes no are you kidding (laughs) me me? i started with like 0.1 
point twenty five yes. like gram or something. Oh. Is and that the famous like, phone call? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a police officer, I believe. He oh, yeah. Would like, happen why was, would you do that? Yeah, the backstory is they had confiscated the cops. There was yeah. a police officer who had confiscated a whole bunch of edibles, uh, but he didn't take all the edibles back to the precinct. He took some home, and him and his wife had some, and they had a really bad time. Now the reason why they had a bad time, it's not the same. You, your body breaks down cannabis differently through your stomach as it does through smoking it, okay? And the reason is, is it turns THC into 11-hydroxy uh, metabolite, okay? That will go on for like eight hours, the high, and it's a very aggressive high. It's a very powerful high. It is certainly not for everybody, and I certainly would not recommend that for a first-time user ever, 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 ever. <laughs> yeah. Never do it. If you're on ketosis, that's oh. going to last for like 24 hours. Oh, <laughs> no. I never thought of that. Yeah. It yeah. works differently on ketosis. Yeah. Yeah. It actually does a lot of nutrition studies on the side. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. Holy jumpings. And that's the same reason yeah. where like ketosis helps you not to get hungry. And then people start yeah. losing weight, yeah. yeah, because they reduce the meals and the snack, yeah, snack yeah. times, yeah. and all that, and they yeah. can hold up from like breakfast to lunch, yeah. from lunch to dinner. They don't snack in between. Yeah, and their insulin doesn't yeah. like get like. That's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, they used to talk about um, the, the glycemic index used to yeah. be a big thing back in the day. So yeah. they're talking about the way you embrace sugars releasing into your system and how to slow them down. But ketosis is taking that to a whole other level. I mean, yeah. like it, it was just, we first started seeing it in the Atkins diet, and there was a lot of holes in the Atkins diet, but there's some parts of it that people were still holding true to, and it's because it's good science. Not the whole book, but there was parts of it that were, and that's where we got ketosis from, you know. Yeah. Or ketosis, ketosis is actually way older. It was 1920s. Yeah. That's right, yes. For epilepsy, right. seizures. That's right. Yes. And uh, then it was brought back recently for, uh, there, was, there was this guy, Dom D'Agostino on Joe Rogan. He talked yes. about Navy SEAL divers experiencing some decompression issues. So they use ketosis to mitigate some of those things. Really? And, um, I haven't heard that word. And uh, yeah, so I think, I think Dom D'Agostino on Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan was like, just blew up ketosis and everybody really? started looking into it. Like, yeah, That's that crazy. was like a op- door that opened for like so many people to get into ketosis. And it's been like five, six years since that episode. And like now really? everybody knows about ketosis through those guys. Yeah. Well, they talk about it a lot. And I mean, like, especially when it comes to the power of podcasts. And, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people, what I love about podcasts is that experts are now giving time that on, on, on you know, these, these, these topics that they're very... Um, skilled at that just wouldn't make it into regular radio yeah and it wouldn't get onto regular tv and it wouldn't even get into documentaries yeah. you know and so that's the beauty of podcasts nowadays yeah. is that you can get these detailed uh stories and, and interesting stories and, and expertise so for example i mean like i of course i, I love the joe rogan podcast because he does have these all these really interesting guests on that talk about the things that i'm interested in fitness of course psychedelics of course you know these are the things that i am i'm crazy about you know and so there's no shame in it if people want to um you know I, i'm pretty i'm very open about 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 psychedelics i'm and i'm going to be totally fine with that um and you know i know a lot about the way that nutrition worked from my my background but 
in, in fitness, but now it's a whole different thing. And so psychedelics is, is the new frontier for yeah. your expertise. I think people who haven't experienced a breakthrough, they can't really even relate to what a breakthrough is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really a game changer. Like you are, uh, let's say after consuming psilocybin, you realize the very tiny moment in your behavior was originated from someone not giving you a hug at the right time or someone (laughs) pushing you downstairs or someone like being a jerk to you. And that has dictated your whole life for the next 30, 40 years. And like that thread yeah it's just like brought to front and like people see it that oh that's right. this is why i act like this way and yes. that's when you realize that you change it the next morning and that's then right. that's the breakthrough and you know it's funny because like when they what i found it before i was doing like like psychedelics i was taking uh pharmaceuticals from my doctor and those were to mask symptoms okay yeah so mask the symptoms of depression you yeah. know and whatever sort of ways that they, the serotonin uptakes and all those sort of things that was all to mask the problem was um, so when I had gone through my problems for the, the last year I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say well I can give you these pills you know these anti-anxiety pills and these depression pills and I say is that pill is that the give me a job pill because that's what I really need is the give me a job pill because if I have a job then I won't worry about money and I won't have this anxiety from it is that going to be the get me a girlfriend pill? Because I'm pretty lonely. Is that is that pill going to do that? Because because you're not solving any problems. You're not solving any problems with that. But maybe if I have some self-reflection, maybe if I took a pause and got into meditation, and maybe if I took some psilocybin and it opened up some you know uh, channels in my spirit, and they got down to that that's causing the poverty, that's causing the loneliness, then that's where I'm going to choose. I'm sorry. But the Prozac isn't going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe if I get to know myself better, yeah. I start learning about more things about myself right. and I start knowing that what I need better than the doctor. It's not saying that like doctors cannot like, you know, help you. But like you know you more than a doctor that knows you. That yeah. poor doctor sees like so many people every single day yeah. and he only get to see you for 10 minutes. It's like it's really hard for him yeah. to like find a judgment. So that's why a lot of ideas like torn. Uh, it's like going around in the society right now about that people really need to become their own nutritionist that's right people yeah. really need to become their own like meditation therapist like yeah. finding their pathways and all that of course if you have like really great teachers it's going to help you and but like at the same time you need to take action toward it yeah. if you don't nothing is going to happen and you generally know what teachers to go to so you know especially when we have the times that we're in is when someone who believes something, they want you to believe it too. And if you don't believe it, there's something flawed with you, right? And I would never want to get down that path. So, for example, I really believe in cannabis. But there'd be a real problem if I started saying, what, you don't smoke pot? You're an idiot. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's counterproductive. But yeah. yet there's people that I've met this, especially in the fitness realm. You know, it's like, you don't do CrossFit? Oh, you don't know what you're doing now. <sighs> It's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you even argue yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know your own personal path. Look, people choose their religion all the time. You know, mm. Some people convert to a different religion because that one that they were born into didn't work for them. Mm. You know, So I wish for people just to give space to everybody. So even if you don't like the fact that I am going to take cannabis and 
take some really serious psychotropics. You don't have to like it, but you can also shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, please give me some space. Yeah, like, yeah. As, yeah. as respectful as possible. Yeah, hey, yeah. Man. hey, man, yeah. Let, I me, d- let me figure it out. I don't need any side sort of like bullshit people give me. Oh, did you forget? Well, it was because you were high. <laughs> it's like, no, I forget because I'm human. The, the, the brain is not good for remembering all this minutia of nonsense. You know, I got other things that I'm thinking about. I was so, sort of, yeah, go on. So the funny thing is, like, if you're saying no to psychedelics, are you getting paid by pharmaceuticals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, you're, you're like, you're pretty dumb because, like, there are people getting paid to say that these things are bad and yes. you're not getting a cut I know, from yeah, it. Yeah, you're not getting a cut, right. Yeah, you like, might as well join the lobbyists and get paid, <laughs> the anti-marijuana yeah. lobbyists, and get paid for it, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this is a talk that I have with one of, like, good friends of mine one-on-one. And we call it Chabapi Talk. Yeah. And Chabapi Talk is basically when two bros, they sit down on a table and they eat Chabapi and they talk about real deal in their life. Like, okay, what is going on with you and your girlfriend? Why are you yelling at him? Why are you, what is your relationship with your dad? Like serious questions. Really? Like, like two bros, like, you know. Okay. So this, thing, this is something that, we do in a group of friends and like it really helps everybody to sanity check on each other that's a fantastic yeah. idea yeah that's a really good idea yeah. and especially amongst men because you know we we are tend and still to even in this generation that's coming through and we get better and better with each generation where we embrace all of our emotions like honestly mm. you know i've gotten to the point where i'm totally fine crying because that's that's just as important that's as laughing. Need. That yeah. I need it. That's what you need. And I you think a lot of times the problems that men have had is because we've been told to suppress all of those, and to the point where we're only allowed to have a couple. We're allowed to laugh at something. We're allowed to be angry um, and and show off our rage, right? And then everything else would have to be pushed down. You know, everything had to. Oh, you 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 broke up with a girlfriend. Well, suck it up, man up. They say, mm-hmm. right? And when we stifled these human emotions, solid human emotions, or like we say, we miss you, I miss, I miss you. And then the male friend's like, what do you mean? You miss me? That's, oh, what is that? Right? Yeah. Well, now we're getting to the point where men are, 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 are taking all their emotions and, and owning them. And I think it's really great that you actually have that tool. Like I go to therapy. I, I talk to a therapist and, uh, one of the things I'm doing now, <laughs> here's a segue. Uh, there's this, there's this uh, program that I'm I'm doing now. It's called Artery, right? And Artery is where you bring in music and poetry and all kinds of art, and you just bring it into people's living rooms, and you invite strangers, and then strangers will pay like five, ten, fifteen dollars for an event, and they come to your living room, and they talk. And they hang out and listen to music and they meet each other, especially in this time where people are on their phones now and they're text messaging. We're not having human interaction any longer. So as we, you know, if we stifle our, our, our emotions, if we stifle human contact, we're going to be doing ourselves some very unhealthy things, you mm-hmm. know. So by the, the nature that you have your friends and they get together and they call each other out on shit like that. That's super, super important. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of benefit from it. 
course you would. A lot of benefit, yeah. a lot of like good thinking. Then it comes um, from the idea that in Japan, the managers, they don't look at themselves as like, I am the top person in right. this company. They look at themselves, how can we together think together, That's work right. together and come up with the best decision. Yes. It's not an ego, right? It's, yeah. it's about the problem. It's about making a better living for ourselves and everybody else around us and what works the best. Like, what is the best idea that, like, a bunch of human beings, they can sit in a circle and they solve? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because when I was doing the corporate training at Pursuit OCR, now, yeah. I'll just give you a breakdown of what that was. Pursuit OCR was a 10,000... Well, they opened up a new place, a bigger place in Rexdale. But when it was in uh, Parkdale... Uh, it's 10,000 square foot indoor playground for adults. So it had these walls you jump over and you swing across ropes and there was things you climb across. It's OCR, which stands for Obstacle Course Races. You'll see them like Tough Mudder, Mud Hero, uh, Spartan Race, all that stuff. That's under OCR, uh, Obstacle Course Races. Now, Sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways, I bring in these big businesses. I had Google. I had all these banks come in. I, yeah, big, big companies. Now, what was beautiful about that is they would come in from the CEO right down to the person who just joined the mail room, okay, last week. They would all come as a group. They all get into gym clothes. Now they have no identities anymore. <laughs> They're not the CEO anymore. And frankly, being a CEO isn't going to make you climb that wall any better, Right. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to have to talk to each other on a communication that none of them, you know, has anything they can pull from, from their work experience. So you're going to have that 20-year-old kid that was in the mailroom who's going to be the superstar above the 60-year-old guy who's the CEO, right? So now things have changed, all right? Yeah. Braun and youth is now outweighing the CEO's power. And now they're going to have to communicate on a whole new level and talk to each other on a whole new level. No more, yes, sir, I'll get it right away, sir. <laughs> None of that anymore. It's like, you get that goddamn tire, you get over there, you son of a bitch, right? And you're talking to your boss this way. Mm-hmm. And so this communication and this way of approaching the, the, the roles of people opened up a whole new way of way people were looking at each other and talking to each other. And they took that same skill set and they brought it back to the workforce. Yeah, and it then increases the company profit. Everything goes out. The attitude goes out. Everything goes out. It it shook it all out. He threw up all the titles and they came back down like like refrigerator magnet poetry and you saw what you got at the end. Yeah, Hmm. the the company is no longer a factory. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And everybody knows each other. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have people cheering each other on, running up a 10-foot cove wall, you know, yeah. and everybody's ch- ch- you know chanting out their name. Well, that's that's power, right yeah. there. And Especially when it's leaded by somebody who's done it before and he knows like the techniques yeah. and like and leads everybody. Like I went to these leadership classes back then in Seneca, and um, and then they they had these like, mm-hmm. oh, now we are gonna play this game, and then we are gonna do this, and we are gonna do this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what are we doing? I'm just following mm-hmm. orders, and it's like, okay, I do this, I do that, I do that, and they make. Me, made me to like interact with people that I'm I'm usually afraid to interact with. I'm like okay, I I made like five new friends. Yeah. Right, I know five new people <laughs> yeah, in Seneca that yeah. I would probably never ever yeah, like go right. forward. And yeah. it's really interesting to hear their yeah. perspective, hear like their yeah. life and all that. Well, yeah. that's why when I'm doing these artery events yeah. at my my studio, 
uh, I'm doing multicultural ones. And mm-hmm. I deliberately make them all multicultural because I want people mixing and, and learning about each other's culture in the setting of being with each other in someone's home. Because that's the best way you can get to know someone's culture is when you're sitting in their home. Or, or in this case, I'm bringing culture into this home and then we're all sharing in, 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 the, in the entertainment of it. Uh, and I'm seeing people who are talking to each other that those groups wouldn't talk to. So I got a 65-year-old woman sitting on a couch talking to a 22-year-old black guy, yeah. you know? And that's, that's, that's what our city is, you know? But we, we get into these cliques. And if you get into a clique, you're really not expanding your, your perspective of things. Mm-hmm. And so, like last Friday, we had the, uh, it was called Middle East, Middle West, and it was people from the Middle East music. And then before that, we had st- some stand-up comedy. And uh, so it's all these different things, all these different art things that are going on. And uh, so my next frontier is going to be in, in, in events. That's bringing people together. That's, that's what I'm yeah. excited about, events. Do you do these practices in... Um in inside the corporate companies like i like as an example um there are there are companies that they um they hire a massage therapist at work mm-hmm. they like it um people take an appointment or something and the massage mm-hmm. therapist has a like designated room and area and like each person goes by appointment from uh, from the production coordinators that they manage this from before and they say okay so we have this person this person this person and you're like I've seen that they go for like two full days or three full days, like five massage therapists and they, each person takes an appointment. Do you do s- similar things as well for corporates? Yeah, I've done uh, uh, talks at corporate events. You know, they've hired me to, to do like pep talks and motivation speaking and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I tried getting my pause class because I had a whole list of people, a whole list of companies that uh, I had done my program for, for the corporate. And when I brought that program with pause to these other companies and showed them that I could do that, they just wouldn't respond to my email. Oh. And, I, and I think what it was is that when people were coming to Pursuit OCR, they were looking for that fun, that cheering and stuff like that. And when I was bringing something kind of opposite in a lot of ways, like, well, I'm going to have all your employees get very, very quiet and look in reflection into themselves and do these exercises. It just doesn't have that sort of like <laughs> the, team outing thing, yeah, even though it's super important. Because it's not their way. Yeah, it doesn't have that. So, well, we really wanted to have oh. like, you know, beers and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you can have it here yeah. because it's not helping you. Yeah. So, I, I it just <laughs> didn't cross over. Well, this is why yeah. they are doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't understand. Yeah. The, they throw away yeah. the main point. Yeah. It's a tipping point I'm looking for. So yeah. I was always trying to find the tipping point with Revenge Gym, and it never tipped. And so when I'm doing this pause thing, I'm looking for a tipping point. And the way I'm going to do that is first, I'm building up an audience of people who are coming to these other events, these other cultural events. And now I have this roster. And then in that roster, I'm learning of pe- people because I'm also going to meetups. So yeah. I'm going to psychedelic meetups where people yeah. are talking openly about ayahuasca and DMT. Yeah. And I'm bringing them into the fold too. So I'm going to be building up this very large group of people who are going to be interested in these these different programs that I'm running. And then that's how I'm going to build it organically. Before, I would make a video, i toss it up on YouTube and just wait. And then nothing would happen. Yeah. Nothing would happen. Yeah. That's not active. And it's frankly not the way I should have been doing it anyways. 
I'm not that person. I'm not that person who would toss something up on YouTube and say, hope for the best, because when I did it, it didn't work out for the best at all. But I believe that it was much needed during that time to find your path. Yeah, it was part right. of your path. Yeah. That's right. I don't begrudge any of that stuff. I, I would do it again differently, but I, you know, I still do it yeah. that way. You know, so I don't begrudge any of that stuff, and I I don't miss that I've lost revenge, Jim. In a sense, you know, who knows? I still have the URL. Maybe I turn it on in the future. I never say yeah, never. Nobody has seen the future. Yeah, you never know what yeah. comes in your brain. Right, but yeah. now it's pause. And yeah. now it's about bringing people through culture and is bringing people into finding the, their center of themselves. And I'm fine with that. And that's my new pursuit. And I'm just going to use the same tools that I used before in Revenge Gym to do it. What is an ideal world for you? An ideal world is patience. If everybody just was a little bit more patient with each other. If people would look for the commonalities of each other instead of fighting the things that they disagree on to the point of like hammer and tong um that would be the perfect world it's just patience so um can we can you please do one more song for us (laughs) to wrap this whole thing sure it would be amazing okay um i'll write the song okay let me see what's a good song for today Okay, so uh, I was I was um, doing for sober October. I was going to try to get off the news because the news was upsetting me too much. I was watching people getting the you know when I look at when I look at what's going on in politics, it seems like the middle class and people who are working really hard are always kind of getting the shaft on things. So when I looked at American politics. I was looking at two things that really bothered me. And one thing that bothered me was that people couldn't afford their health care. You know, and people were losing their homes because someone in their family got cancer. And I think that's a horrible thing to have happen when, you, when someone's sick and then you lose more than that. I also was upset about watching people get shot all the time unnecessarily because... Like, I understand, you know, they have the, the Second Amendment in America. And I can understand, you know, from their history of why they would have guns the way they do. Um, but I think things like background checks are a good idea. But how they hold off on that, I see a lot of people who are getting hurt that needlessly don't need to get hurt. So, you know, the mass shootings that are happening. And uh, there, there's, there's, there's things that they could do. And it always seems that the people that can have the, afford the security, such as people who work for the NRA or the politicians, they can afford the security, so they don't know if the one's getting shot. But if you're like, you know, low income in Chicago, you know, then that's a different story for you. Also, if you're working in a job where you're in the gig world, you know, like Uber, and you know, you, you know, you're just you're living as a contractor, you're not, you're not being able to afford things like healthcare. And so those who are saying you can have health care, have health care, you know. So, so I wrote this song, and it's about that. It's about just people getting like the shaft. It's called Unworthy of Love. And people think, oh, is that about you? I'm like, no, it's not about me. It's about, are these people not worthy of love? Are these people not <laughs> worthy of having health care? Can we not love them enough to get health care? Can we not love them enough to um, be safe from getting shot? You know, is it does, does the garden lobbies have to be that so strong? Do you need that money so much 
that these people can't get loved and be protected from, you know, wackos not killing them. So anyways, that's the name of the song. Unworthy of Love. And it's, like, I played in a punk band, so it's kind of punky. But it's just okay, because once you're a punk, you're always a punk, right? <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you, overall. Nice. Thank you nice. for being. Thank you for living. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you for being <laughs> you. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Thank you for taking all this journey yeah. and like doing all these paths and everything that you've done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for and thank you for coming here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and thank you for coming here, <laughs> Mr. Tassalo. Thank you. It's been a thank pleasure. You, thank thank you. you so much. It's great hanging with you guys. You guys rock.